Do you love Florence Pugh as much as the rest of us? Well, if you do, head on over to superyaki.com where you can find an original series of Cooking with Flow t-shirts, aprons, potholders, and more honoring our favorite little woman's masterful Instagram series where she cooks marmalade, baked goods, and other delicious treats. Or maybe Vin Diesel's More Your Speed. Check out their new Fast collection with hats, shirts, all celebrating the family and the great film, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. If any of that sounds interesting, head on over to superyaki.com and input the code SUPERMONSTER for 10% off. That's again superyaki.com and the code SUPERMONSTER. Let's watch more movies. Welcome back to Monsters Never Die, Talk Film Society's spooky podcast where Jacob and I discuss classic monsters, human or otherwise, as well as their sequels, remakes, and ripoffs. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Curione, editor-at-large over at Talk Film Society, and with me as always is... Do you like scary movies? Well, I fucking hope so, because you co-host a horror podcast with me. I'm Jacob. Hi, everybody. Hi, Jacob. <laughs> Uh, how the hell have you been? I feel like I'm, I haven't I'm, talked to you in like a month, which uh, would be accurate. <laughs> I'm doing great. This is uh, my first record at the new place. Yeah. So if I sound a little different, it's because I'm in a much cozier house and there's a small dog here. It um, is a cozy house. I've been there. Yes, yes. And um, yeah, that's about all. How about you, Matt? I'm pretty good. I got Jiffy Pop on the stove. Hopefully uh, we can finish recording before it sets on fire. Matt, um, I believe it's called a Giffy Pop. A Giffy Pop. Rest in peace, the guy who invented the GIF. He <laughs> passed away today. What? I don't, know, I don't know if you heard that. I had not. Yeah. Jundolences. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah, no, I got, I got a Giffy Pop. I have a, a stack of VHS tapes that I rented from the local video store. Uh, my friend Drew is about to come over, and we're going to watch uh, some uh, scary movies. And it's going to be a lot of fun. That sounds like an absolutely uh, wonderful night that in no way will go wrong. Yes, and it it helps that I don't have a cell phone and just a landline. <laughs> uh, if and no one has guessed yet, uh, tonight we're covering the Scream series. Ah. And yes, <laughs> and uh, I'm very excited. Uh, we have a very special guest uh, tonight to discuss uh, the Scream franchise that started way back in 1996. I wanted to have a Scream expert on our show tonight, Jacob, and mm, it took me spurt. a Scream spurt, and it took me all of 30 seconds to realize. Oh wait, I'm married to the biggest Scream fan I know. Uh, so yeah, everyone, tonight's special guest is my husband Carlo D'Amico. How are you? Hey. I mean, that's a lot to live up to. I don't, I don't want it. Say I'm a scream expert and then get caught in a lie, but uh, I really do like the scream movies. 
many times I've come home and you've just been watching a Scream movie, so I mean... I mean, that is a fact, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's either that or Pokemon, and I'm fine with either. Yeah. Uh, one has a lot more murder in it, that's for sure. Well, I mean, Pokemon Carla, battles I'm... are pretty much murder. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. Carla, I'm thrilled that we've brought you on both as a Scream and then also a marine animal expert for, for yes, this yes. podcast so far. I have a very uh, diverse knowledge i guess <laughs> yeah listeners will probably remember uh carlo was on the show last summer uh that was last summer right yes okay that was last summer uh when we did uh, the jaws episode and the jaws knockoff episode and uh he gave us his marine biology facts and we learned a lot those those days yes jacob well, yes what is your history with the scream series so let's get down history- to that yeah. Um, so the first scream, my first real memory of it is um, Thanksgiving weekend, um, the year probably after it came to video. Um, I remember my family decided that they were going to watch it. And so all the cousins that they had decided were too young to watch Scream then had to pile into my aunt's bedroom and watch some other movie. And <laughs> I don't even remember what movie we watched in my aunt's bedroom, but I do remember hearing the adults and older teens all laughing and screaming from outside and just feeling really left out. Um, I didn't actually get around to seeing Scream until I was, I don't know, maybe like 22. Um, and at that point, the first time I watched it, it didn't actually do a lot for me. Ooh, really? Um, I, I think I was just a little too into the Friday the 13th kind of zone. And screams, they don't have the, the first scream at least, especially, it doesn't have that same level of body count. It doesn't have the same kind of invincible killer. I think it was just a matter of my expectations not matching what the movie actually is. Gotcha. Um, but I have since come around, and I really love Scream, and I really love some of the sequels, and uh, we'll get into that all today. Uh, how about you guys? What is your, what is both of your, uh, I guess, first experiences with Scream? First experiences. Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, I feel like the first time I saw Scream was definitely when it first came out on video my sister had rented it from blockbuster yes i am that old um hell yeah (laughs) and i mean i grew up on horror movies so i was definitely way too young to be watching any of those movies that i watched and i mean i watched all the nightmares and the fridays and the chuckies which you know all um really really scarred me as a child (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just, I felt like after I watched Scream, like, yeah, it was scary because it was a real person. Like, it wasn't a dream demon or this guy in a hockey mask that just kept coming back and coming back and coming back or a possessed doll or something. Like, it was, it was your, in your group of friends, it was, you know, the kid that you would hang out with all the time and you thought that everything was cool and then it's like oh wait he's a homicidal maniac that's fun it's like the tagline to the new movie yeah it's always someone you know yes and it was just it was something that was so different than anything that came out at that time which as we all know it kind of revitalized the whole horror genre um when the first one came out so it was just it was new it was fresh I mean, a lot of the 
cast I knew from TV. I mean, I was too young to watch Friends at the time, but I knew who Courtney Cox was. I knew, obviously, who Drew Barrymore was, and it was just so uh, shocking to see somebody that I knew so well from so many movies and was such a big star die in the first five minutes. Like, that, I feel like Scream was the first movie that really did that. Like, your big headlining star is usually the final girl, like, not the one that you kill five minutes into your movie. Yeah. So it was just, it was so refreshing, even at such a young age watching it. Um, it, I don't know, I, I just fell in love with it that very first time, and was so excited when Scream 2 came out and when Scream 3 and 4 and now with the new one like it's just reliving all of those moments as a child sitting with my sister watching a movie that I definitely shouldn't have been watching it was it's uh, all that nostalgia and everything it was I don't know it's it just has become probably my favorite horror series I don't, I don't know <laughs> I love the idea that you were too young to be watching Friends while you were watching Scream. <laughs> yes, well, my family it. had a very interesting uh, way of choosing what I was allowed to watch and not allowed to watch. I feel like Friends uh, definitely had a lot of sexual references, which I totally wouldn't have gotten at that young age, but apparently getting... Uh, seeing people getting brutally murdered was perfectly fine. I, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how about you, Matt? Uh, what is your as f- scream story? As for me, I did not see it in the theaters, seeing as how I would have been. This came out in '96. Uh, I would have been 12 at the time. At the time, um, and I didn't get to see a R-rated movie in the theater until the next year when Event Horizon came out. So. I, ac- mm. I actually saw this for the first time on VHS. Uh, I still have that tape somewhere. It was a uh, VHS in our in my Easter basket that year. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was one of the two VHS tapes I remember getting for Easter uh, in the Easter basket with all the candy. That year it was Scream, <laughs> and the next year it was the original Austin Powers on uh, VHS. I still have that tape somewhere as well. But I remember watching it. I grew up watching uh, Jason and Freddy, just like Carlo did. And honestly, Scream was such a breath of fresh air. Um, Again, like he said, it wasn't some unstoppable murder machine. It, It was someone that you knew. It was one of your friends that you went to school with. And guess what? They've seen a little too many scary movies, and it made them a little more creative. And, uh, yeah, I just, ever since then, I, I've loved this series. I've seen every one since then. Uh, when they came out, I've had a lot of fun with this series. Uh, I love Wes Craven uh, as, like, a baseline here. I think he's a terrific uh, filmmaker, and he really shines with this cast, especially. Uh, especially the fact that he got to work with them in each movie. And, uh, yeah, I really... That was my first experience, and I love this series. It's not my favorite horror series, but uh, it's up there. It's pretty damn good. Uh, So, yeah, let's get into the first movie, shall we? Yeah, so the first movie opens with what is... I would say easily the most iconic scene of the entire franchise. Yes. It's the one that everybody knows. It's the one that, even if you haven't seen the movies, you probably know pretty well. Yeah. It's Drew Barry, Home Alone, answering questions on the phone from a masked killer. And um, 
rewatching it for this, uh, so I had only seen Scream maybe twice before. Okay. Um, so this was either my second or third time with most of these movies, and I had forgotten just how truly horrific this opening was. Oh yes. Like I remembered, I remembered the quiz and stuff, but like the way that Drew is killed mm-hmm. is so different from what we were getting in the '80s slashers. Mm-hmm. It was not a you know, I feel like a Jason kill tends to be quick surprise. Your head is no longer on your body. And she gets like versus... tortured, like psychologically tortured before she's murdered. Psychologically and then physically. Yeah. And the way that she is essentially like hung and it's gutted. Really, truly horrific. Yes. And it's um, even worse on the unrated version. Oh, I have not seen that. Uh, it, is, it was only available on Laserdisc, Jacob. So, um,. I have that on a hard drive somewhere, <laughs> and it's, uh, the only real difference is it's like he craving a linger on the gore for a couple more seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, when her boyfriend is seen gutted on the, by the pool, uh, it's way more graphic than it is in the theatrical version that everyone knows. Yeah. yeah, and in the theatrical version, it's it's almost a little unclear what's even happening yeah. to him. Uh, it's, this opening is... Phenomenal! Uh, everyone in it is doing top-tier work. I love Drew Barrymore here. I think she's terrific. And like Carla said, it's not often that you kill your marquee star five minutes into the movie. I mean, sure, Hitchcock waited half an hour. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he gave you know her a little more time to shine as the star of Psycho. But Craven dispatches Drew Barrymore real quick. And yeah. Oof, it's rough. It is a rough kill. It is atmospheric. Uh, the touch of her parents coming home. Yes. And just, it's devastating. It's like, it's really brutal the way that like she, her mother can hear her being murdered on the phone. That is some mm-hmm. rough stuff. Really, the closest analog I can think of is um, Friday the 13th Part 2, where you open with yeah. the last movie's you know, final girl home alone, and then she gets killed in her own home. But yeah, it's uh, it's iconic for a reason, and um, it's something that the whole franchise will revisit and return to and never really top from here on out. They have They always have a banger opening. I think that's what a Scream movie needs. They mostly have a banger opening. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, then we get to we get to meet. You know, the next day we get to meet our uh, our our classic Scream team. I guess right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, bunch of uh, I guess you know at the time uh, mm. when I first saw this movie, uh, Carlo he knew you knew Courtney Cox from Friends. Yeah, I knew Courtney Cox from Friends. I feel like. I kind of knew who Nev Campbell was because I think she was on Party of Five at the time. So, like, I remember mm-hmm. seeing, like, previews for this week on Party of Five and just seeing her face. But like, if I wouldn't have known that her name was actually Nev Campbell. Yep. I knew Courtney Cox from <laughs> Masters of the Universe uh. growing up. <laughs> uh, and that Bruce Springsteen music video. That's all I knew her mm-hmm. from. Uh, <laughs> uh, we were a Seinfeld house, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did know I did know David Arquette. Me and my sister were obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie with Christy Swanson. Mm, so I mm-hmm. definitely knew who David Arquette was. <laughs> yeah. Uh you get you get David Arquette, you get Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, a an all timer Matthew Lillard 
uh, in this yeah. movie. Uh, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, you you get them all here, and I honestly don't think there's a weak link in this bunch. They're all very good. <laughs> honestly, I I don't know if this is controversial or not. The one weak link I would almost say is Kenny is the Camera it's Kenny, we know. <laughs> oh, poor Kenny. <laughs> poor Kenny. Uh, no, Henry Winkler's good, but he's also just, he's, like, the principal character, so it's like, like, whatever. He's oddly cast, I feel like, because I feel like there is an element to where they're trying to paint him as a potential suspect. Yes, yes. But you watch the movie, and there is no part of you that thinks, oh, this movie's going to end with Henry Winkler is going to be the killer. <laughs> Like, Could you imagine? I, just, I can't he just buy pops the, out of the closet. The, killer. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking Fonz is your killer. I don't know about that. Uh, Stabs a guy and is like, hey. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, this whole cast is just terrific. Uh, I will say right now, secret MVP is Kenny the Cameraman. I adore him. I think he's very fun. Uh, him and Courtney Cox have some great moments. I love that duo. They do. They're they're super fun. Uh, but yeah, this movie is... I love that Scream isn't just a slasher movie. It's also a, a pretty good mystery. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a very compelling whodunit. And I think it works better not knowing that there's a franchise behind it. Yeah. Because yeah. it... What we think of as the central trio, what we think of as Randy, you know, they're all compelling suspects. Yes. If you try to erase anything of the future out of your mind. Especially Randy. Mm -hmm. He's a huge, he's huge. Like when I first saw this, I was like, well, he's a killer. Come on. He's that weird dude. It's got to be him. Randy, there's a lot of love for Randy. I do find Randy like he's if a I goof. Knew a Randy in he's, real he's life, I would hate him. <laughs> I wouldn't want to talk to him, uh, <laughs> but I would definitely rent videos from his store. Yeah, <laughs> I would just, just I would just shrug at his recommendations though. <clears throat> he's just like the worst guy on film Twitter, <laughs> just in real life. Times a hundred. Um, one of the I, I would say un, unsung heroes of the entire franchise that you know we even skipped over. Roger L. Jackson as the voice of Ghostface. Oh, yes. Yes, most definitely. Because you never see him, it's easy to forget how important he is to, like, I don't think there can be Scream after he dies. No, not at all. You know, we have Scream after Wes Craven's gone. I can imagine a Scream without a Sidney Prescott. I cannot imagine a Scream without Roger L. Jackson as Ghostface. It's going to be weird. Yes, which, fun fact, when they were filming Drew Barrymore's opening scene, Wes never had her meet him uh oh the yeah ghost face like yeah he wanted it to be as real and suspenseful so like all those reactions that you see drew barrymore doing those are genuine things because she had no idea what he was going to say who this person was it was just a random dude that she got a phone call from so like all of her she's not acting like she's no mm-hmm. she is reacting i mean yeah. i've heard the stories about how Wes craven got her to scream and cry and uh it's rough. Yeah. Uh, he would like. He's like, what is what is the thing that makes you the most upset in the world, Drew? And she's like, uh, when people are like abusive to animals. So he would just go on describing like animal abuse to mm. Drew, and she would just freak the fuck out <laughs> and start crying. And he's like, okay, perfect action. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that's the the route he took. And yeah. Not, like abusing animals. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right, here, I got your pet dog right here. <laughs> I'm going to punch it if you don't cry. What? Oh, God. 
Um, do you want to get? Do you guys uh, want to hear a few alternate universe casting possibilities? Oh God, that we missed out on for the screen franchise. Sure. So for Gail Weathers, um, they had also auditioned Brooke Shields and Janine Garofalo. Oh, I knew and Brooke Shields. I didn't know Janine though. I could not see Brooke Shields. I could totally see Janine Garofalo in that role. I could. S- I could see Janine. I could not see Janine coming back for four more. No, not at all. No, 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 no. no, no. She has to make the matchmaker. Come on. She can't. She can't be doing Scream 2 through 5. Yeah, that. Oh, wow. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I heard. uh, I saw an interview with Courtney Cox the other day that she, like, had to beg Wes for the part because she wanted something so different than Monica Geller. And he didn't think Mm -hmm. that she could do it. That was on the the Hot Ones interview. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Courtney Cox was just on Hot Ones with the, the, the Hot Wings. And that's, yeah, crazy. She had to she had to campaign hard for uh, Gail Weathers, and honestly, I think she knocks it out of the park as uh, this feisty big city reporter. Bitch, you can just say bitch. She's a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she's an awful, awful human being. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I do like how not softened she is in this first film. Like she is truly looking out for herself. And, oh yeah, one hundred percent. You never really buy it, like an interpersonal moment with her and Dewey, really until they're making out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Matthew Lillard and Skeet Ulrich. Uh, oh, those so good. those star-crossed lovers. <laughs> um, so, so, spoiler alert: we're going to be spoiling all the Scream films. Yeah, sorry guys. It, so we can't talk about them without talking about the ending. But uh, these two boys are our ghost faces. Yes, they are the ghost face. Uh, times two, the ghost's face. Uh, I love Matthew Lillard here. I think he's fantastic. Uh, honestly, this and his his turn as Shaggy. Oh my god! <laughs> it's what he's going to be known for forever. I, I you know, I, I hate to say it, but you're definitely right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he he's he's Shaggy. Yes, he even voices Shaggy on one of the animated shows. Yeah, and he's too. So I mean, yeah, no, he's great. I love them. Uh, I like Rose McGowan, McGowan as the uh, spunky best friend. Uh, she's great. I love her um, pretending to punch the, the the teddy bear or the bunny that she has. Bam! Bitch went down. <laughs> that stuff is really good. Uh, yeah, I just I I think this whole cast is just terrific. And I mean, not enough can be said about Nev Campbell and how goddamn amazing mm-hmm. she is. And not just in this movie, but in all of them. Yeah. Yeah, and she has a lot of backstory to work with, yes. and that's something that's not often really expanded upon in these kinds of movies. Not at all. But, um, yeah, she's you know grieving her her mother who was assaulted and killed. She's dealing with a boyfriend who sucks. <laughs> uh, her dad's trapped in a closet for days. <laughs> and just no one notices. I feel like it was just one day. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was just put in there that night, but I don't know. I like to believe that Sydney's father was, ever since he left for the airport... He's just been tied up somewhere. Tied up somewhere. I mean, probably. That's, probably. That, uh, that is actually true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this movie's great. That whole finale, that whole 40-minute house party is just... Damn. <laughs> that is uh, That is an awesome set piece. Uh, taking place all around that area and there's some really good action and suspense going on during that finale some really good mm-hmm. some really good switch arounds and you may you're like oh no it's definitely him but then like b- 
Billy pops up again like, oh no, it's not him. It's got to be someone else. Yeah. I will say the the thing that I think works the best in Scream in terms of like as a horror movie, as a murder mystery, is the idea of the two killers. Yes. That's something that is, uh, as far as I know, pretty new. Pretty like I, I can't think of any other movies that did that. Yeah, there's really not in the slasher genre. You don't have two Jasons, and really. <laughs> that's that's a really good way to have a really obvious red herring, and then have the red herring turn out to be the killer. Yes, even though you've disproven him. Yes. Uh, side note. Uh, well, I mean, I guess that's that's the first scream. It's uh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, 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 one last thing. Go for it. One of the interesting things choices I think they make is that in the climax of the film, you no longer have Ghostface. Like, yeah. In all of these films, the killers always reveal themselves, and then your final climax, your final act, is no longer with this masked killer. It is with the character, the actual person. And yeah. I think with Skeet Ulrich and you know Matthew Lillard, that's a great choice because that you know. It's their performances that really anchor the like mania, yeah, and like them have, stabbing each other and just going for it all. And that's again, other. it's just <laughs> hit me with the phone, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's Scream. Uh, oh, and real quick about Scream, uh, I love Wes Craven's cameo. I think it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's a little goofy. It's it's, it's goofy it. as hell, but I love him just as the janitor Fred in the Freddy sweater. I think that's really that's like a fun that's a fun thing. Um side note, about a month ago we watched Scary Movie. Yes, we did. Uh doesn't hold up. It was still funny. Yeah, sure. Uh I thought it was funny. It's fine. Uh the best part is the Gail Weathers character. Played by Sherry O'Terry. And I'll just leave it at that. She's she was a gift and Hollywood did her dirty. <laughs> that that was you know, that actually honestly might have been my first R-rated movie, because my mom took it took me and my little cousin to that. <laughs> it's a comedy thinking that it was going to be like a PG thirteen Mad Magazine style spoof. <laughs> nope. Oh no, totally was not. <laughs> so, she said she was too embarrassed to be seen leaving the theater with us, so we stayed for the whole movie. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, it's like the time I dragged my mother to see Bride of Chucky. That was that was a good time. At least it wasn't Seed of Chucky. Yeah, oof, that movie. That's a movie that exists. And we will uh, probably cover that series one day, God willing. Um, Scream 2! Uh, yeah, what I consider the best of the franchise. God damn, alright. Uh, it's probably my third favorite. Uh, we'll get to my second favorite in a little bit, but uh, this was a very quickly produced sequel. Uh, yes. I think this had like an eight month turnaround? Something like that. It came out the next year. Yeah, something ridiculous. Like it was one of those times where, like, opening weekend they greenlight a sequel, and they actually start making it. Because <laughs> most times it just gets delayed. Uh, Scream Two, second best opening in the series. I, yeah, I, I I like the movie as a whole better, but yeah, no, I think you are right. That this is the second best. Um, I like that the opening of this one is genuinely different because I feel like almost all the other sequels, at least four and five, three a little bit, call back to the first opening. Uh You know, they want to do their spin on it. And Scream 2 does a completely new, like, nothing about the Scream 2 opening is like the opening from the first, but it's 
its own thing. And I think it really sets the tone for this movie, which is Scream 2, I would say, is darker and more operatic and more like lurid and like it's a it's a it's a deeper sequel in that it's I, I feel like it's really going for every emotion it's trying to hit and between Marco Beltrami's music and just the horror of being at a theater and being killed I think this this opening really goes hard yeah this opening goes hard uh I I love the cast here that I I love I love her in the beginning and I She's Jada, what? Jada Pinkett. Yeah. Yes, Mrs. Smith. Yes, uh, she is terrific here. Uh, she really, really sells it too. I uh, I hate her final scream though. I'm just gonna say that I think <laughs> it's the, not good. The entire sequence, and you're like you're a hundred percent right, Jacob. Like they they took what they knew and just threw it out and was like, okay, we're gonna open the movie this way instead. And I think it totally works here and. I mean, she's just running through the theater, continually getting stabbed, and <laughs> nobody is doing anything. They all think that it's just part of the show of the stab movie, and which also I think is absolute genius to parody mm. your own movie within your movie. Yeah, it's good. Like, and <laughs> I feel like that would happen in real life. Like, if these horrific murders actually took place, there would be a movie based off of it. Oh, without a doubt. So I think that was genius, but just her her final scream and then her stupid dead face. Like I was like, oh, "Come on, Jada, you can do better than that." <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like that this movie. It does seem, and it is interesting that this isn't really followed up on with any of the sequels. This movie feels very much like a reaction to the first, where they're trying to address just how white the first movie is, essentially. And yeah. Yeah. this is a much more diverse cast. Um, that was also kind of part of a trend in the nineties. Um, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a, such a good opening. And I like that. I like that the theater's situation allows the characters to comment on horror movie tropes without it becoming obnoxious. Yeah. Cause in the first movie, it's characters talking about horror movies a lot and it sometimes plays a little false but when you're putting them in this specific situation and they're talking to the screen i buy it 100 percent uh this also and also takes place you know at college because yes, you know we're Sydney out of is... we're out of high school now mm-hmm. uh a lot of people are taking film courses and that film scene <laughs> i don't know i don't know about that film class it's scene. it's 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 uh those are film students all right that they are that's what they are that's unfortunate well before we get to the the film students you know after the movie opens and jada dies and then we go to sydney in her dorm room and she gets a phone call from somebody pretending to be Ghostface. yes on the caller id which i just found this out a couple months ago when my best friend who was also my um best lady at our wedding would that be yeah she was called so katie gillis Kennedy, if you are listening, which you probably won't be because I don't know if you listen to podcasts, but <laughs> on the caller ID in Sid's room is, I believe it's Corey Gillis, yes. which is her cousin in real life, my friend Katie's real cousin, because mm. him and Nev Campbell were doing a play together or something what? at the time that yeah. she was filming Scream 2, and they like became kind of good friends in that moment, so she like 
threw him a little nod in Scream 2. So Corey Gillis, whatever his number is, that is actually my best friend's cousin. (laughs) (laughs) That's wild. Yes, I found that out a couple months ago because we went to go see the new Scream with her and her husband. So before then, she was watching the first four and she felt like she never really saw three and four before but when uh she watched two and then the next day when we were working together she was like oh yeah my my cousin's name is in scream two i'm like what are you talking about she's like yeah Corey gillis on the caller id that's my cousin i'm like oh you know nev kemble yeah. <laughs> god imagine yeah no she doesn't but uh, her cousin does so uh, yeah you can continue i just want to throw that little 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 tidbit in there. Uh, we also, uh, yeah, we got the film students. We got a, a great new cast, some great new cast members. I love this cast. Oh, my God. Uh, we get uh, her best friend and roommate, Elise Neal. I, I really like her. We, we get Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. Who... I don't want to talk about it. It's a real shame that she always dies. That she dies in every in like every big horror movie she's in. She dies in everything. She dies in Buffy twice. Yeah. She dies in I know what you did last summer. Dies in Scream two. Dies in Grudge two. Like yeah. it's a it's <laughs> she a just dies <laughs> all the time. She's like born to be a final girl, never got to do it. Yeah. Uh, has one of the best screams in the business. Uh, we love her. We we love her in this house. Um, we we get Jerry O'Connell, who I remember watching back then on that show Sliders. Hell yeah! Uh, still never seen Stand by Me, so I I don't know him from that. Um, we actually in this movie we actually get to meet Cotton Weary, played by Liev Shriver, which I thought was a really cool touch to uh, add to uh, I guess the Scream world the mythos if you if you want to call it that uh we get a very young and not yet totally attractive timothy oliphant oh he's still cute uh he <laughs> you gotta wait until he turns gray yeah and, and then he's like oh hi how are you uh and then we get the lovely laurie metcalf who laurie metcalf who a couple years ago when she was nominated for ladybird I convinced myself that she was actually getting a much delayed nomination for Scream Two. I she got those good crazy eyes. Yes, she does. <laughs> I love Lori Metcalf. Uh, Carlo and I got to see her on Broadway, and she's a lot shorter than you'd think. <laughs> yeah, she was. Uh, she's shorter than me, and I'm only five seven. I'd say she's maybe five five, but uh, yeah, she kicked ass on in the play that we saw her in. So. Uh, that was good. She played uh, Annie Wilkes in Misery. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was a that was a good play. That was good stuff. Uh, so Jacob, uh, carry yeah, us onward. I will, I will say one of the I think one of the great successes of Scream Two is that you look around this cast and you feel like if anyone turns out to be the killer, you're gonna have an entertaining time during the climax. Yes, you know, like. Laurie Metcalf, obviously, is your number one hope to say, okay, I'm watching Scream 2. Laurie Metcalf better be the killer because I want to see Laurie Metcalf be the killer. Yes. But, like, (laughs) I would not be disappointed in any way seeing Jerry O'Connell try to be the killer. Yes. And he has 
he's a great red herring because he really you know, is Sid's boyfriend from the first one, and he is just such a good, likable guy in this one. He really and is, the, though. Like he is a, a likable dude in this movie. He has a musical number. Yes, he <laughs> does. Why were so we good. robbed? Why were we robbed of a Wes Craven directed musical? Um, it's not like, fair. <laughs> Leave Schreiber is a great choice. Yes, and then. They fucking throw in David Warner for one scene, and you're just like, well, if David Warner's the killer, that's a fucking great move. Yes, I love him. He was great. Um, Same year as I, uh, as Titanic, too. Oh, yeah. Good for him. Getting around. Jack the Ripper himself. I, um, I love uh, Dwayne Martin as Joel Jones, the, the cameraman in this one. Yes. The just, only he's, smart he's person. He's very funny. He's very uninterested in being there. Yeah, he's, he's the totally only smart person in the movie. Out. Not the movie. Yeah. He's the only smart person in the entire series. Murders start happening and he gets the fuck out. Yeah. Like he, yeah. Hey, I'll see you guys later. He's the only smart person in the entire series. <laughs> There's a, a weird cameo by Joshua Jackson. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's one of the film students. Credited as film class guy number one. So one of the things the Scream franchise does is that it casts A, known actors, but largely TV actors. And part of me was wondering if that is because, you know, once you have Nev Campbell locked in, you're kind of committed to shooting during summer breaks. Yeah, her and Courtney Cox, yeah. Yeah, for, for, you know, for Nev Campbell for Party of Five. And so once you're locked into that time frame... The actors you can get, probably the cheapest that people are still going to know, are all going to be TV actors. Yes. So you have Jerry O'Connell being like, yeah, fuck it, I'll take a break from Sliders and do a Scream yeah. 2. <laughs> you have Laurie Metcalf being like, yeah, sure, I'll take a break from Roseanne and do Scream 2. <laughs> Roseanne may have been ended at this point. I'll take a break from Norm and be on yes, Scream 2. Yes, from Norm. <laughs> um I think Buffy was on at the time as well, right? Yeah. 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 So So pretty much everyone is known from TV, but still, you know, budget wise, you're not breaking the bank by getting movie stars. You're getting TV stars. Yeah. But people people still want to see. Yes. People that you really want to see. Like David Arquette. Everyone loves David Arquette. He's wonderful. (laughs) He is so good. Yeah. We haven't talked about him at all, but he is. Which is is weird because we should be talking all about him. Oh, He's the Dewey. heart of the franchise. He really is the heart of the franchise. I uh, I love Dewey, uh, Deputy Dewey. I love him here. I love I love him in the first one. I love him in all of these movies. Uh, he's got a great character arc that basically starts in the first one and goes all the way to number five. And yeah, he's great. He's just he's always consistently good as Dewey Riley. Even his little theme. Like oh the the, the musical theme yeah, yeah. like that yeah. just brings a smile to my face when I hear those couple of little the doo 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 or whatever yeah, it is yeah. ah. that they stole from Broken Arrow <laughs> really <laughs> yeah yeah um, so that's one part of the score that Marco Beltrami did not write that's a Hans Zimmer theme oh, shit. Broken Arrow <laughs> oh. and um, Beltrami's not really thrilled about it <laughs> oh well uh, apparently they used it in like a test uh, like for a test screening and then they all fell in love with it so much they're like fuck it we'll just buy it and then we'll, yeah. we'll keep it in yeah, I uh, mean, it, it's Dewey's song I hear that and I automatically think Dewey yeah <laughs> yeah so I, if you uh, ever watch Broken Arrow you'll think about Dewey the entire movie yeah oh, that's just we'll have to watch uh, we'll have to watch Broken Arrow um, this movie has a lot more action sequences than the first one yeah, yeah. Uh, the car 
There's an amazing car chase crash. There's the pole goes through the FBI guy's head. Yes, oh my god, it went through his eye. Uh, We'll get to it later, but the whole finale is just this great action sequence in a theater. Uh, I love uh, Sarah. Unfortunately, Sarah Michelle Gellar's death scene. Uh, That's pretty great uh, with some good stunt work. Uh, Wes Craven wasn't just a good horror and thriller director. The man could direct an action sequence. A, co- yeah. a coherent action sequence that not a lot of people can do. Like, a lot of people, you know, they use the fast cutting. They make it so you really can't make out what's doing, what what's going on. Craven always had a sense of space. And you always knew where you were in a scene. And it works really well for the action in Scream 2. I, yeah, I, I love that the death set the set pieces of this movie are genuinely bigger than in the first because in the first Ghostface is is you know modus operandi is just stabbing people yes and like stabby, that's fine stab, stab. but it's not that interesting but in this movie they he's still mostly stabbing people but they put it into an interesting context yes. so it's like when randy dies you have the Oof. chase to like find who is on the phone because they they you know they're being seen and it's broad daylight and he just gets yanked out of broad daylight into a van and stabbed and like it's brutal it's brutal and unexpected and great energy for this movie and then you have Dewey and um Gale on opposite sides of soundproof glass oh, amazing scene and her Such back is turned sequence. and he's getting stabbed and that's just again Incredible, and like you said, the the climax of the movie, which is taking place on this like opera set, yeah. where <laughs> she's activating like all of the sound effects and all of the theater effects, the, the thunderboards. It really gives Scream Two a tone I don't think they ever had or have again. Where it's just this Scream Two, I feel like is the biggest of the Scream movies, yes. even as they got larger. Well, it had it had to be. It was the sequel. Yeah, uh, just and like the first one, you know, uh, was a riff on was a meta riff on you know slashers in general. This was a, a riff on sequels. Yeah, God, and I think the bigger. media satire is a lot sharper in this one yes. because I feel like it has more to say. Yep, the first scream is just what if people who've seen horror movies were in a horror movie, which is a perfectly good concept. But this movie is very much like engaging with the question of like. Okay, what is the impact of horror movies on society? What is the impact of our media culture? Are these things actually influencing people? Are they changing the way that people interact? And it doesn't have any hard answers, but it asks a lot of questions. And I love that. And yes, I think it's the one that has the most interesting things to say. Yeah, movies don't have to answer questions, uh, but they should ask them. And Scream 2 does that a lot. I will say, we you know this movie, <laughs> the way we've been talking about it, and the way I honestly have remembered it, we talk about Laurie Metcalf as the killer. Timothy Oliphant does kind of just kind of fall off a little bit when you think about it, and then he just kind of shows up at the end. Yeah, because he he year. disappears from the movie for like forty five minutes. Yes. Um, this movie uh, famously had its script leaked, and so they had to rewrite the ending. I did not um, know that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Originally, there were going to be, I think, four killers in total. Jesus. Um, it was going to be her roommate and Laurie Metcalf and Timothy Oliphant and her boyfriend. Sure. Oh, that's a lot of people. And that's a lot of killers. It's a lot. And it's unclear if that actually was the script that they were using. Um, 
Kevin Williamson claims that that was a dummy script, but it's possible he's just claiming that because people kind of don't like that ending. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that one you all leaked, uh, that was fake. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but uh, I kept yeah, the so good nobody one. in the cast had the actual script until like the days they were filming it okay. because they were afraid of the ending. I mean, they were out. probably just given pages at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, never got Which that is all talked about and discussed in Scream Three. They what? made that yes. the the plot of the movie basically. Yes, they, they with made... all the scream leaks or uh, script leaks, that's why there was so many different versions of the script of Stab Three. Yes. Uh... <laughs> let's let's talk about Scream Three. <laughs> oh, you mean the best Scooby Doo movie? Yes, I love this movie very much, Jacob. I know you oh. might have a differing opinion. <laughs> It's trying some things. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I think it's no Scooby Doo Two Monsters United. That can't be unleashed. The title that's Monsters and Un- yeah, Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> that's X Men Two. Yes, I mean it's. I love this movie. It's fun. The cast is terrific. Uh, it has Parker Posey. It has uh, Patrick Warburton. I love both of them. It's it's got Bishop. It's got Lance Henriksen. I mean, come on. This movie... It's got Roger Corman. <laughs> it has Roger Corman. Exactly. I... It's it's not the best Scream movie. It's... Honestly, for no. me, it's probably the worst. But yeah. <laughs> I still have a hell of a lot of fun with it. Yeah, it is definitely the weakest in this series. But it... I feel like it's the most... Fun. It's the most fun. It has Carrie Fisher. Come on. Yeah. With that Carrie amazing cameo sequence. Yeah, it has awesome cameos, and I feel like... It I has know, some terrible cameos, too. Well, yeah, that, too. Yeah, it has <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob for some reason, but whatever. We don't talk about that. <laughs> if they didn't speak, it would be okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the, the camera just hangs out on them, and they do shtick. It, it has Patrick Dempsey. Everyone loves Patrick Dempsey. Um, he is nice. Um, Which, when we get to number five, I have a fun fact about Patrick Dempsey. Yes. yes we, will, we will get to that. Uh, but yeah, no, this this cast is fun. Um, I, I like that it has, you know, Emily Mortimer. She has brittle bones like a bird. Bird. Uh, she's great. Uh, this movie's fun. I like it. I, I like that they... I even like that they found a way to bring uh, Randy back for, like... Yes. Two sure. seconds. Yeah. That that was good. Uh, no, I like this movie. It's good. It's it's fun. It, it's got Parker Posey. And her, her and Gail are I just think this so movie's good. Biggest her, problem her and Gail... Yeah, yeah, you're right, Carlo. Her and Gail together are an amazing team. I feel like game. that They're makes fantastic. the movie. Like, if she didn't die in this one, I would love to see the two of them in a Scream 4, like, alternate reality thing, just, like, being best friends, but still ripping on each other. Yeah, still hating <laughs> each other. Uh, she actually lives next door to uh, her and Dewey, and she just continually bothers them all day long. <laughs> uh, now you're selling me on something. <laughs> it has, it, this has the worst Courtney Cox hair ever. Oh, the baby bangs. Yeah. <laughs> Those Ugh. bangs. My God, what were you thinking? Uh, but, yeah. I think it was revealed that that was David Arquette's idea, or whose idea was that? They, I guess she was saying in some interview, it was a wig. Yeah. And the wig is supposed to start, like, a little bit further down than halfway uh, up your head, so that it is regular bangs, and they, for some reason, started the wig... Uh, always at the back of her head and it just looked weird and then David Arquette just came up and took scissors and like there you go you're good (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> like, no, no, she is not, David. She no, is not. <laughs> she is not good. Uh, but yeah, this movie, uh, I love it. Uh, Jacob, go for it. Well, I mean, so this movie has a lot of uphill battle. So, like, I, I, you know, I can't be mad at this movie because they were battling a lot to get even what they got. Yes. So, Columbine had just happened, mm-hmm. and the Weinstein's, which we're gonna, have to talk about, um, were very skittish. Um, they had gotten some flack for Dogma. Um, they ended up backing out of releasing Dogma. Um, so somebody else had to pick that up, Oof. and. Um, because they were afraid of like the one shooting sequence in that and their pitch originally for this was a screen movie without any violence in it on screen sure that would have gone over really well yeah Wes Craven eventually had to be like guys like don't make the movie movie if you don't want to make the movie but like we can't do that but so the violence in the movie is very you know toned down it's they're leaning very hard into the comedy and Kevin Williamson is dropped and Aaron Kruger who is like Probably one of the worst writers is now in. And now what else has he, he written? What? He wrote The Skeleton Key, which is a very good movie. Yes, he did. Okay. He also wrote a bunch of Transformers sequels. Yes, but yeah, we don't talk about them. We don't talk those. about them. And I feel like he did he, a ring movie. He did wrote he The Ring. The first ring? Yeah, he wrote The Ring. He wrote Dumbo. I like Dumbo. I, I like Dumbo, but the script's the worst part of Dumbo. It's fine. Uh, he wrote, you know, that movie's kind of, Brothers Grimm is kind of a mess, but that's Gilliam's fault. Um, yeah, he wrote Skeleton Key. He gets a pass. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) He gets a, he gets a pass. That movie's amazing. (laughs) Regardless of if he's quote unquote good or not, (laughs) it's clear he does not get the tone that Kevin Williamson had. That's true. He, he, the, the jokes in this are not jokes that really land in the first two movies. Um, and I think one of the one of the interesting things that I mean we've we've talked a little bit about this is the Stab franchise and like that it becomes so vital to what Scream is are these yeah. Stab movies. It's almost hard to believe that they're not introduced until Scream Two. Yeah, and I think this movie has a lot of great con. Like I like being in Hollywood. Um, I love I love the scene where they're yeah I love movies about the killer is faxing the is faxing them pages yes and they're like trying to figure out which script it is because people are dying in the order that they died in the script but there's multiple scripts so they don't know but it's like for every great idea like that it then has just like dumb execution where the guy's like I gotta know and he runs back in the house and then the lights are off so he has to light a lighter and then there's gas in the house and the house blows up and it's just like. What, what are you, what are you doing here? An, an unfortunate death for Putty. <laughs> um, but it's, I think the biggest problem for me is that unlike Scream Two, where you look at it and you go, anybody could be the killer, and I would be thrilled if anybody was the killer. Yeah. You look at the cast of Scream Three, and you're like, I don't really give a sh- shit who the killer is. Like none of you people are interesting enough to be the killer. No, it's really maybe just the Parker core Posey three the that <laughs> you care about. Yeah, he's... Like, all uh, the other extra characters, all the actors that they got and everything, it's like, okay, they, these are just bodies that are waiting to be killed. Like, you don't care about anybody. Yeah, they're just fodder. Yeah. And one of the other um, challenges that they had um, is that we they only had Nev Campbell for, I think, like, two weeks. Something like so that, she, yeah. She just disappears for large swaths <laughs> of the movie, and... 
that would be all right if we could like focus more on like Dewey and Gale, but they don't, and you just end up with just kind of an aimless movie. Which I mean, and, I get that Nev Campbell wasn't available, but I do kind of love what they did with her and i don't know if that's a kevin williamson thing or a ewan kruger thing but like i feel like you know she has now lost so many friends she doesn't Mm -hmm. trust anybody like i feel like her hiding out is the most realistic thing that Mm -hmm. anybody could have done so like i do love i do love that uh what they did with her there and then she just shows up like oh hey you know i got a call from the killer and I'm I got a call. Now. What's up, guys? Yeah. What's your favorite movie? How you want to die? You know. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just hangs out in the police station for the next like forty minutes of the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got nothing better to do. Just hang out. Um. um go on. Oh no. Um. I. I guess so. The one. The one thing that this movie has then like retroactively become kind of interesting is is the reveal of the killer and the origin of this movie and the kind of reflections that the abusive studio head has of the Weinsteins (laughs) who are producing the movie. Yeah. Like Wes Craven was making a movie about the sexual misconduct of Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Which was probably using his money. Which was (laughs) probably, yeah. uh, Craven's greatest trick, Uh, which was probably, (laughs) you know, payback for them actually, even attempting to make a screen movie without violence. He's like, oh, really? Well, fine. I'm going to throw you under the bus with this. Um, and so, I mean, honestly, like, thematically, a lot of, like, that stuff is baked. I mean, sexual violence is baked into the entire franchise. Yeah, and they were something. too stupid to get it. <laughs> and I think there is a lot of interesting thematic meat to this here. I just think the casting of the director, who is the killer, is just... He's he's a weak link, I think. I don't think he ever really... He's a very weak killer. He's probably the weakest killer in the in the series. Scott Foley. I, I'm like, I couldn't even tell you what Scott Foley... Guy from Scandal. Or after. Guy from Scandal. From what? He was yeah, on Scandal. He was on Scandal. Yeah. I, do, I do like Scott yeah. Foley, and I feel like he doesn't get enough maybe not enough credit like his character yes sucks it it sucks in scream 3 but i do like that they made the killer sydney's half brother and like it kind of tied up that first trilogy of movies and they the scream movies have to reflect on horror movie tropes and all tropes, that stuff yeah. so and this goes they, after trilogies yeah they went hard into that third one of you know crazy reveals yes the crazy reveal that nobody will know that will link back to the original like they did that and i i love that scene where she sydney is over his body and they just have that moment like yeah you're the killer you suck you have to die but you're also my brother and just them holding hands right before he I do like that touch kind of dies mm-hmm. because yeah. then Dewey has to shoot him in the head oh yeah but just the them grabbing hands it's it's like yeah you're you suck because you just killed everybody that I like but you're still my brother so I guess I still kind of love you or I feel bad for you I have some kind of there's a connection yeah there's some yeah. kind of emotional connection there so I I like some of those little aspects of him but I just feel like they didn't do 
enough for him as a character. It was just a, oh, he's the director of the new Stab movie, and now all of his actors are dying, and he's upset that the movie's getting canceled. Oh, wait, his body shows up so that he can run around and kill everybody in the house without being suspected. And then it's like, oh, you're my brother. I do like the house, though. I like a house with secret passages. yeah, yes. I, I I like the house. I, I think one of the nice moments of the movie is the um the kill scene. The I guess the attempt, the chase scene that happens in the set of um Sydney's original house. Yes, that's I think that's cool. a really interesting. Yeah, that's cool, cool as hell. That's a nice and trilogy I, kind of moment. And I do like how they kind of play on. Uh, maybe they don't go fully into it but how sydney could just be losing her mind like she's seeing her mother she's hearing her mother's voice like i do like that they kind of hinted like oh maybe sydney just went crazy and she's actually the killer like they don't go completely into it but i like how they kind of teased that a little bit that oh yes sydney's going crazy like a nice little what if yeah i i do like i know people love the the trio I think this movie, which I think officially codifies the trio as like a central aspect of the Scream franchise, I think that's almost a little damaging to the franchise because I think what makes the first Scream so exciting, what makes Scream 2 so exciting is the genuine feeling, I don't know who is going to die and who is going to live. And by Scream 3, I feel like you're like, well... We're, these three are we're we are we are cemented. These three are now are linked to every movie. They're the stars. Yeah. No matter how many times Courtney Cox gets stabbed, she will survive at the end of the movie. Same with Dewey. Yeah, Dewey and, should have died at the end of one, at the end of two. He gets <laughs> yeah. messed up throughout this series. <laughs> I feel so bad for him. Um, yeah, it's. Like I said, it's 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 the weakest scream, but there are moments of grace. I, I love the ending. I think the ending shot is really beautiful and a really nice idea um, for quote unquote the end of the franchise, the end of the series. Yeah, yes, leaving the door open for possibilities. I yes. think literally yes. leaving the door open. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the problems I have with Scream Three though is that it is so trilogy based, but like. What are the horror, what are the slasher trilogies? What are the horror trilogies? That's not a thing. Well, it's commenting the... on a thing that doesn't happen. Well, back then, because well, Randy says it's not a common thing in the horror genre, but I think they're more referencing referencing movie trilogies as a whole. So, like, yeah, the original Star Wars, the Godfather's, like, yeah. Not just specifically horror trilogies, just movie trilogies in general. Yeah, and if you get into like really you know nerd shit uh you know back then you had uh halloween h2o so then you you had the laurie strode trilogy back then <laughs> uh with nightmare on elm street you had the nancy trilogy with one three and new nightmare so like horror trilogies exist they're just not in name all right i, I, I buy that i mentioned it earlier that we would be talking about my second favorite in the series and we're here we're at scream four i love this movie so much it's it's a gift to be honest a uh, bunch of great new characters uh what they do with the returning characters are pretty great uh it's got some good killers it's got some really brutal gore uh probably the most gruesome kills in the series uh it's got everything i want out of a scream movie it's it's lovely <laughs> 
yeah, it's it's good. I'm I, I think I'm a little less up on it than you are, but I I like it a lot, and I love Emma Roberts. I think that's truly where this movie just I think that's this movie's great idea. Because uh, at the time, she wasn't known for playing these types of characters. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's. It's a very, like, I think this movie is at its best during its last, like, 45, 50 minutes, because it has a, a very kind of extended climax. And yes. the climax of this movie is so good that I'm willing to forgive it everything else, because I, I think the, the, you know, the stalker stuff maybe isn't as strong as it is, at least in two, but the final 45 are great, and it introduces Kirby, who is probably the best character not from the first movie. <laughs> Agreed. Yes. So what? Uh, how about you? What do you think of this one? I'm with Matt. This is probably my second favorite Scream. I Can just... you see why I married him, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's... I don't... And I know it's... A, the, the Scream movies, they're all on their tropes, and, you know, it annoys a lot of people, and some people are for it, but I am totally for the horror tropes in the series and I just feel like each movie does the tropes exactly how they are supposed to so this is supposed to be a remake because at the time only horror remakes were getting made you never had an original horror movie the time that Scream 4 came out and it was just it it played into the horror remake trope the remake reboot yes I just I love it for that and Kirby is definitely my favorite character in this. Kirby rules. Uh, I just, I love Kirby. I do like Emma Roberts, but I just feel like her, I don't mind her as the killer, but once she is actually killing people towards the end of the movie, it's just like, okay, she's a frail little skinny little stick She's just a waif. just blow her physicality over physicality is impossible to believe yeah. yes i don't buy her physicality like, I, I totally like i get seven. it in the like her and the other killer they're both little white oh yeah waifs. the colkin kid like it's yeah. just they're skinny little things just take a twig and scat them yeah. away or something rory colkin like, the original the uh, tiny tim tim chalamet yes yeah. yes yes but yes, I do. I love this movie. I love how it's shot. Like it's gorgeous. I love the look of this. Yeah, thing. it's like a dreamy, <laughs> it's really like, pretty. I don't know what kind of filters he used on his cameras or what, but like I love the way that it's shot. I love that it just continues uh, Dewey and Gale's kind of love story, and that you know they've been together for so long now that they kind of can't stand each other. And, and I like. I do. Uh, speaking of the cinematography, I love that. Craven brought back uh, Peter Deming uh, from two and three. I I've always liked his work. I mean, this is the guy who shot you know Lost Highway and and Mulholland Drive for David Lynch. He makes good looking movies, and uh, I love the look of of Scream Four. And and like you said, uh, you your your favorite character is Kirby. She's also mine. Uh, followed up very closely by uh, Deputy Hicks. Oh, I do love Deputy I, Hicks. I love her and her shitty lemon squares. Ugh, I they taste like I, ass. They taste like ass. She is. <laughs> I love. I I I love her. I I love Marley Shelton. I think she's she's a delight. Uh, anytime she pops up in in anything, I yes. And I do have to say, I love 
I feel like not too many people like it, but I love the opening to this movie. Yes. Where it's just fake opening after fake opening after fake opening. Yeah. Oh, wait, this one's the real one. Yes. Like, I do love that, and I know it's it's a deleted scene on the Blu-ray, and I would bring Wes Craven back from the death and slap him in the face for not putting this in the movie. <laughs> But the two girls that die at the beginning of the movie, Marnie the Carney and whoever the other girl is, I can never remember her name. Um, but there's a deleted scene where the all the police officers go to her house and both of their bodies are set up like Drew Barrymore and her boyfriend's body yes. from the first movie. So yes. one of them is hanging from the ceiling fan gutted and the other one is tied to a chair gutted. And I feel like... You're, you're that would have been a really cool touch. Yeah, you're especially going, going into the this remake aspect, reboot yeah. trope thing, and you're not going to show that scene. So, like, yes, Wes Craven, I will bring you back from the dead and slap you in the face for not putting that in the movie. <laughs> well, to, to defend Craven a little bit, this is one that also had a lot of uh, interference from the wines from Bob Weinstein. So, of course, the Weinstein's we could, again. We could strike. slap him instead. Yeah. Let's slap, let's slap Weinstein. Yes. But, like, even with them trying to, I guess, like, dull down some of the violence, when brutal. they kill the girl next door, that's a, her entire room is covered in blood. Ooh. Like, yeah. that, that is, something there's, else. there's intestines coming out of her, but you're not gonna put the gutted girls at the beginning of the movie? I don't know. But, other than that, I love this movie. <laughs> It's fun to be back in Woodsboro for the first time. It um, is. It is. You, you, it is. You left for two and three. Um, it's nice to see the, the returning gang. I think this movie... I think one of the things five does a little better than four, personally, is the mix of old and new characters. Because mm-hmm. I think this movie is like almost half and half focus on old and new, and it makes it hard for the newer characters to really like... Well, it's a reboot. Plant, it's a remake. Plant their feet and like cl- stake their claim and be yeah. like, okay, we are we are the characters that you're following in this because you're like, well, no, let's get back to the people that I already like. I don't really care about you, <laughs> except for Kirby. Kirby, we love you. Yes, yes. we love Kirby. Uh, I I love bitchy Allison Brie in this movie. Oh, she's so good. What a cast this movie has. What a cast. As uh, Nev Campbell, as Sidney Prescott's uh, literary agent, I think it's it's, like really, really fun. She plays a really fun, bossy character. Uh, Just having a blast. This cast is great. I love Adam Brody as one of the, uh, the, the cops. I think he's terrific. I always like him. This, this movie has a lot of fun cameos in the beginning. You know, you got Kristen Bell, uh, Anna Paquin, this this movie the, the cast is great it's got a it's got a great conceit uh like we said earlier it, it looks nice it's got some good kills all in all honestly a great movie for craven to go out on i uh i really like the gag that dewey doesn't know the word meta yes <laughs> that's probably my favorite part of the movie the what i, I think that's a so an interesting thing, I, uh, this is like IMDb trivia, which normally this is stupid and bullshit, but <laughs> looking at this, I'm like, maybe this is intentional based on the relationships in the movie. So both of the killers, Rory Culkin and Emma Roberts, have celebrity fathers and aunts. Yes. Yeah. And with Emma Roberts playing, the, I guess, cousin of Sydney. I don't know if that was like, if they're like, ah, this is... 
something that we're trying to do. I just think that's interesting. This was back when I thought uh, she was Julia Roberts' daughter. She does look uh, so much like Julia Roberts and not so much like her father. Yes. I did. I, back then, I did not realize this was Eric Roberts' daughter. I had no idea. I was like, oh, Julia Roberts' kid is doing stuff now. Good for her. And then I thought that for about a year and a half. And then someone's like, no, 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 that's Eric Roberts' uh, daughter. I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Uh, and then, of course, you know, Rory Culkin, uh, one of the Culkins. Many. The <laughs> one, the, one of the, the three Culkin boys. Uh, I like him in this. He's pretty cool. Um yeah, I, I I like that the stab movies have finally outpaced the scream movies. I think yes, that's a fun yes. gag. Um, I love that Woodsboro has wonder. a stabathon. Yeah, the stabathon <laughs> is cool. That's that. I love that whole party sequence uh, in the barn. I think that stuff is really cool. Where uh, Gail goes to like pretend to be a teen <laughs> in her ghost face mask. Yeah, that that stuff was really funny. I thought that was good. This is another one where I'm just like. I don't know if all three of them should have made it out of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, I feel like two did it well because you have uh, Sydney coming back and Dewey and Gail and Randy and then it's just mm-hmm. like Randy dies and it's like, oh shit, like they're not mm-hmm. they're not messing around with this and then Scream 3, oh yeah, they're all they're all surviving. Scream 4, oh, they're all surviving. So I feel like... It's interesting what it does to the first Scream where it weighs the movie more heavily in those three characters' favor than I mm-hmm. think it otherwise would. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I love this movie. Um, I, I think it's cute when they go to Kirby's house and she shows off her amazing movie collection. Yeah, and she her, has like 20, 20, movies. 20 DVDs. I thought that was... <laughs> that's adorable, Kirby. Uh, you'll catch up one day. Don't worry. I do love the scene where the killer is quizzing her and he asks her about a horror remake and she just starts listing yes, every, every horror movie off, of uh, the 2000s. That's a really Every good, horror movie ever made. That was good. Uh, no, I love this movie. I know I've been saying that word a lot, love, about Scream 4, but sorry, folks. I love this movie. Uh, I've always been Team Scream 4. You can... I did it myself. You can search my tweets and I've... Uh, since opening day, I've been on... Scream 4's team. This is a good, good slasher uh, whodunit movie. I love it. And uh, Emma Roberts has an interesting motivation for being a killer. It's finally, we're finally like, yeah. Like she's related to Sydney, but we're kind of divorced from Sydney. Like she wants to be a final girl, so she's going to yes. kill people. That's that's awesome. That's a great concept for a killer. Uh, I love the, I love the ending in the, in this movie. I, I love their final showdown. I love Emma Roberts getting, you know, electrocuted. And Sydney just saying, you don't fuck with the original. You don't fuck with the original. I love that line. Uh, yeah, this movie, uh, it rocks. <laughs> Good movie. And we thought it was the last. We all until, did. Yeah. Until Scream came out. Until Scream 5. Which I'm going to ask a question, and I, I know... Matt has seen a couple with me. Have you ever watched the Scream TV show? I have not. Oh, you should check it out. You might hate it. You might like it. I actually really liked it. I never watched season three. Which was like a self-contained thing anyway. anyway yes, yeah. but uh, season one and two is actually pretty good. Creepy and- mask. 
Yeah, a the lot creepier than regular Ghostface. Oh, and I, I feel uh, like I like Bex Taylor Kloss. I would. I think it's on Netflix now. It you should it definitely yeah. give it a look. And it was an MTV show originally, so it's like very. And I hate when people say it, but it's very CW-ish because I love the CW and all the <laughs> yeah, shows. No, that rules. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it is very teen drama angstiness, but like it has the it's murders good. in it. Like I, I don't know. I really liked it. And I feel like if they continued on MTV, because after season two they got canceled and switched to VH1 or something. So, yeah, um, so ridiculous. They were going to try to connect it to the movies, and like there's like little hints of. Um, uh, her character possibly being like Sydney's daughter or something. Yeah. So like, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah. it's a pretty pretty decent show from what I've seen. I love the scream mask on the show. Um, it's actually the, when I was Ghostface a couple years ago for Halloween. That's the mask I used. Hmm. It's uh, Google what the mask looks like, Jacob. It's uh, yeah, I've, I've seen it. It's it's good. It's good. It's haunting. It's oh boy. It's can creepy, I, creepy shit. Can I be really honest about the Scream franchise for a second? Go for it. I don't find Ghostface scary at all. It's a goofy mask. Oh yeah, he's not scary. His, his mask is stupid. <laughs> he's always like gangly and like constantly getting knocked over. But that's what <laughs> I like just, about him because yeah. Ghostface is just a regular person. A, I know, but I just I, I don't find him intimidating. Yeah, he's just a big, big goofus. Yeah. Look at him go. Uh, but yes, yeah, Scream 5, uh, which just came out, and it's now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I think the Blu-ray comes out in a couple weeks. Uh, directed by uh, Matt Bettinelli, Olpin, and Tyler Gillett, otherwise known as Radio Silence. Uh, they also sure. made... That's that's their uh, duo name. That They go by Radio Silence. Um, sure. They directed uh, Ready or Not couple which years ago great. which love is which is a supreme matt movie i i love ready or not so much and big shock i really like scream five uh and it goes with what i say guess what jake dub <laughs> jacob <laughs> there's no bad scream movies they're all good this is one of the good ones because they're all good there's no bad ones <laughs> I don't know if I can follow you fully down that road, but yeah, I know. Scream Three's bad. I know. I get it. <laughs> I, I like that we get a uh, Sheriff Judy Hicks back. We get a yes. lot of interesting returning yes. characters. We get that. Is... We get her the references to her uh, shitty lemon squares, where there's like a little note on the fridge from her son. Yes, saying I like don't that. make them. <laughs> Randy's oh, sister cute. comes back. I like that Randy's sister comes and back. Her, yeah, two yeah kids Heather Matarazzo. Are, yeah, her yeah. two kids are the main kids, which. I have lots of trivia for this movie. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, go for it. it okay. So, going back to Scream 3, your favorite movie in the whole world, Jacob. Um, uh, what's his face? Oh, my God. Patrick uh, Dempsey. Yes, Patrick Dempsey. I almost forgot uh, his Detective name. Mark Kincaid. Yes. So, at the, I think when they're at the hospital, when Sydney first uh, comes back and sees Gail... Um, and Gail asks, how is Mark? It is Patrick Dempsey from Scream 3. So the two of them have been married and have kids since Scream 3. Yeah. That's nice. Which it's I a think nice is little touch. Nice. And I, I like that Sydney actually, you know, found some happiness yes. <laughs> throughout the ensuing years. I like with that. With a non-murderer. Yes, yes with uh, a non-murderer yeah. for once. Well, That's I mean, nice. he's a cop. I'm sure he's killed some people. Yeah, probably. Well. <laughs> <laughs> probably not as many people as Sydney has killed because she's kind of up there, too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's a badass. And... <laughs> Kirby is alive. Yes. 
Yes, I love it. I love yes. that uh, it was. It's been confirmed, you know, by the directors. But it, Kirby's name shows up many times on Dewey's cell phone. Like they talk, they keep in touch. I, I really, I love that. I love that so much. Yes. Which Matt didn't notice it when we first watched it. Um, when they are in Dewey's trailer, you actually see the box of Rose McGowan's ashes. Yes. So I thought oh. that was a nice little nod to her character and actually acknowledging that that was Dewey's sister. Because I feel mm-hmm. like after the first scream, it was just like, oh, yeah, she was just Sid's friend. And it's like, yeah. no, Dewey lost a sister. Yeah, Dewey <laughs> lost his kid's sister. Like, that's brutal and yes. that carries so with I him liked, for a while. I like the little things that they threw into this movie. And I was extremely hesitant when they announced that they were making Scream 5 because like I said it is my favorite horror series and with uh, the new Halloween and Halloween Kills that came out I was just scared that Scream was gonna follow suit and just ignore all the other sequels and just be a sequel to the first one like they did with the new Halloween Mm -hmm. and I am so so incredibly happy that they didn't ignore and they actually embraced all of the sequels all the sequels are referenced somehow in this movie and i mm-hmm. think that is perfect and it's just a, the perfect love letter to Wes Craven and this world that he created with these characters that everybody loves i just the two directors just did such an amazing job with not ignoring anything and I know people don't like fan service as much, but I just feel like this was... It had the right amount. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. It, it, it wasn't thrown perfect, in your face, yes. but like if you are a fan of these movies, there's a lot to pick up on in Scream 5. Yes. That you'll... It'll make you smile. You're like, oh, wow, they did remember that. But, yes. Like, even the thing, like, how she's married to Mark. Like, yes. oh, wow, they, they remembered this. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Like, wow. Uh, I love this cast. Um... The killers are a little. One of them is very, very obvious, at least to me. She just looks spooky. Uh, well, yeah. I, I just, I, well, because I recognize her from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And they set her on fire in this, too. She, yep. she It's in her contract, I guess. Like, she burns good, and uh, good for them. Uh, I, I knew she was the killer for a while throughout this movie. I had no idea who the second killer was going to be. Had no I think idea. Jack Quaid does a great job because they give him the voice of reason character. And yes. And at the end, it turns out he's been lying the whole time. But yes. like, yes. that's really well done. But yeah, no, I love I love how they do the returning characters in this. I love that they brought Skeet Ulrich back and kept it a secret. Yes. Yeah. I feel like uh, nowadays with... Yeah. Ghost Skeet, who, uh, honestly, they didn't have to do a lot of work, because that man has aged like an angel. Uh, he is a, a magical human being who has aged marvelously. Yes. It's it's fun what good lighting can do. <laughs> I think an interesting choice they make is, you know, the opening of this is very similar to the opening of the original Scream. It's, yes. You know, like I said, they love to return that, but then they don't kill her off, and that's... Yes, I thought that was... Genuinely something new. (laughs) Yes, I like that they didn't kill her and she became one of the final girls. Like, Mm -hmm. that that was very interesting, which I don't know if you watch it, but she does a voice on Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. Oh, Oh, she does? Yes, she is uh, Brooklyn, the blonde that always has her phone. The influencer. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Sorry, I'm obsessed with Camp Cretaceous because I am actually a child. (laughs) That's a good show. It's a good show, damn it. 
I love that show. Uh, but yeah, no, this movie is it's damn good. And of course, you know, you got Roger Jackson back. Yeah, he. This is just it's such a it was such a a nice surprise and a, a great movie and it really felt like a return to everything that made Scream Scream. Like there's not an there's no element in this that felt false or that felt wrong it just no it's just so it's a, comfortable and it's a damn good screen movie and uh i feel like they made woodsboro more like a real town like i feel like in the first yes. scream yeah. mm. and in scream four like it's these really really nice houses and like this just extra not maybe extravagant town but like this well-to-do town it's like you are like the murder capital of the world your housing market is not good yeah no like, you should have shitty houses no and uh i i like uh the new characters here i like judy hicks's son i thought he was great yes mm-hmm. uh, sadly he had to go he did have to go uh another brutal kill in broad daylight like <laughs> middle of the day yes. Just uh, stabbing people on their walkway to their home. Yeah, this movie, uh, it's good. The kills are good. Uh, I like the new characters. Uh, the ending is great. Uh, when they, when they I, we were in the theater for this. When they announced like where the they were all where the party was when it was at <gasps> Stu's house, oh, and they announced that that address. Me and Carlo looked at each other we're like, "Oh fuck, it's happening." Yeah. Uh, it was so such a great moment where oh my god yeah no this movie's good I, I really like it and obviously the news is out yeah, well before we get to that news I just want to talk about the new characters because I yeah. just feel like maybe it's because I'm getting older and teenagers just annoy me <laughs> but they were obnoxious a little bit like, a little bit I liked um, the two main girls the one that almost dies at the beginning of the movie and her sister like i like the two of them i like them together and i do like the twins i feel like the twins were a tad annoying but the one twins girlfriend oh my god Obnoxious. i wanted her to die the moment she came on screen <laughs> like oh she was just so annoying and then of course the uh, the girl killer i don't know the new character's names because i've only seen the movie once but the girl killer uh I'm glad she burnt to death because she was fucking annoying too. <laughs> Sorry, that's brutal. Uh, also, also, um, I we we got to talk about it. Uh, didn't think a scream movie would make me ball my eyes out. Dewey yeah. is so good in this. Dewey too. is Ugh. astounding. Like David Arquette is so goddamn good in this movie in all the movies. But like, I his, hope this revitalizes his career. Because so do he, I. He really manages what is a very a pretty difficult role where he is goofy and lovable but like sad and heartfelt yeah. and really yeah. anchors this movie because he's the first of the returning characters to come back. Yeah, and he's just he's he's a sad guy. I mean, and you honestly can't blame him. But like he brings a lot to this movie and mm-hmm. it it works mostly because of him and him dying destroyed me in the yeah. theater like i i knew one of the returning like legacy cast members was going to die i didn't think it would be him yeah yeah i honestly thought it would have been gail but they they did away with dewey and it was 
devastating. Yes, I told him that Dewey was going to die. From, and I didn't want to believe it. I think when the second trailer came out, yeah, and there's just the scene of Gale pushing through a crowd and screaming. And I was like, yep, nope, that's Dewey. Dewey's dead. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to believe it. They they killed Dewey. But yeah, no, he's great in this. And uh, honestly, sad to see one of my favorite horror characters go. <laughs> yes, but, but he needed to go because that's what brought all of them back. That's to what Woodsboro. brought Sydney back. Yeah. yeah. And I will say, yeah. this he movie, is the I Han Solo did, of this movie. This movie did what I think four didn't do as well, which is Scream 6, as you mentioned, news. I yes, am excited March. to see these characters again. I am excited to follow the new generation of characters. Yes, and yes, same. I think that's also much more reflective of where we are now, where legacy sequels are the thing versus a remake, where, you know, the 2000s remakes, we don't really care about any of the characters who are in those. But the legacy sequels, you know, we love Creed. We love the new Star Wars characters. It's... It, they they did a great job establishing new folks to want to follow and like yeah yeah I, that, maybe Sydney will show up but if Sydney doesn't I'll, I'll just be more happy for her than sad that she's not here yeah I think uh, obviously I mean she'll show up and and Gail's gonna be in it but uh, other than that I don't I don't know it, it'll be very interesting to see if personally they can keep this good scream movie streak going <laughs> for well, me I feel like they left it in pretty good hands and the two of them seem to know they seem what to get it they seem doing. to understand what yes. scream fans want uh what you know uh these this series needs i th- i think they understand and and yeah it's in capable hands i i said this when we've when carl and i first saw scream 5 i was like wes would be proud yes of what they did with this movie i i think he he would have he would have gotten a big smile out of this if for you know for some reason that he was still around and he didn't get to direct it, I think he would have seen it and like applauded, been like, "No, no, you guys, you did good, you did good, kids." And making the scream, the killers scream fans is just a great. Oh, it's fun. Book. Yes, it's, a, it's, it's fun. It's so obvious, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, no, that's a that's a wonderful angle to take this." Yeah. You guys love those stab movies, so... Uh, she loved it so much, she moved into Stumacher's house. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Oof. Crazy uh, hippie. <laughs> well, that's Scream, everybody. That's Scram. And hopefully in Scream 6, we'll uh, see Kirby come back. Because if she doesn't, I'll be very mad. Yeah. They, she almost has to. She I, has to. They need to yes. bring back Kirby. Yes. Yes, most definitely. Have her take up the Dewey role. Why not? They've been. They were talking on the phone for forever. They were yeah. keeping in touch. Yeah, she'll take on the Dewey part. Okay, the new trio is Heather Matarazzo. Uh, uh, I would <laughs> yes, love sister. that. Kirby. Would be amazing. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who the third element of that. Let's I love back. Heather Matarazzo though. Does yeah, does should. um Dwayne Martin die in Scream Two? The cameraman. Um. No, he doesn't. Because no, he doesn't. He, Bring him right, back. He's the, third the tri- he's the third part of the new trio. It's <laughs> yes, Kirby, there you go. Heather Matarazzo and Dwayne Martin, the cameraman from Scream 2. Perfect. I'm fine with this. I'm totally fine with this. Uh, this was a fun episode. Yeah. This is, it, it, it helps when we talk about, you know, movies that are genuinely fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, good times. 
Yes, I had fun. Thank you guys for inviting me. Oh, thanks for bringing your Scream expertise with you. <laughs> I mean, it was just opinions, but yeah. Yeah, yeah you know. You're you welcome. Know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as usual, uh, Jacob, where can I find you on the internets? You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Jacob underscore Denoble. That's D-E-N-O-B-E-L. And that's all. Uh, Carlo? I'm not very big in social media. I just like pictures. But if you would like to like some of my pictures, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Miko3006, M-I-C-C-O-3006. And I also have a uh, action figure photography Instagram if you're into that kind of stuff. It's uh, DC Marvel figure junkie, uh, DC underscore Marvel figure junkie if you want to follow some cool figure pictures Thanks. he's pretty good at the whole picture thing i try uh, <laughs> as for me you can find me everywhere at the real matt c uh anywhere that there's a social media account you'll find me under that name or you'll find some jerk that stole my name and i need to hunt him down and get him uh so yeah that's uh that was the scream episode hope everyone had a good time uh let us know on Twitter once I get back into our Twitter account because <laughs> I lost the login info for that, Jacob. I'm going to need need that from you. Uh, let me know what your favorite scary movie is. And until next time, stay spooky. And keep on listening. Bye!